You are listening to the Thin Space Podcast. My name is Evan Chastine, and I have the honor of hosting this podcast with Larry Green. In this episode, and in the many episodes to come, Larry and I will be discussing what it's like to engage and experience the love of God in all its beauty and mystery. This episode is the beginning of our long walk together and gives a little bit of the backstory into how Cloudwalk Ministries was started. We hope you'll continue to join us on this long walk as we talk about and explore thin spaces together. So I thought we'd start this off, kind of kick off this idea of a podcast that we've been talking about for a little while by learning a little bit about you and your past and the path that led you to this thing called Cloudwalk. Yeah. So the story, a little bit of the story? Yeah, or all of the story. I don't all have anything of the story. lined uh, up after this. <laughs> well, it's um, it's really it's really interesting, Evan, because it the really the the start of the story as I know it. I think our, our stories, all of our stories, go back generations because we're influenced, you know, by those that have gone before us. But hmm. kind of where it started with me was when my father was being born back in 1918. His father, his dad, was in the hospital dying, and they were in the same hospital together. And literally, as my father was being born, his father was was dying. And so he grew up without a father. And so my dad um, really didn't know how to be a a father. He he didn't have a father, so there was nobody to model it for him and, and that sort of thing. And I didn't really come to know this until years later. But in that, you know, he was a, an amazing man of integrity and uh, an incredible provider. Uh, but he really didn't know how to be in our lives. Um, he didn't know how to be in our lives, both physically and emotionally. And so my, my older brother and my older sister and I grew up in a home where we had a dad that was just, he was absent. And again, he didn't know any better, but we didn't know that. And so what happened to me at a, at a pretty early age and then all the way through high school was I really came to believe, and I, and I wouldn't be able to express this. I mean, I wasn't conscious of it, but in later years, it, it, started to, it started to crystallize for me. But I believed that I wasn't worthy of love. And it ran really deep. And so I found myself, you know, in high school and then on to college and then into the corporate world trying to prove my worthiness to man. And um, but underneath all of that was people are going to find out what's really going on. And uh, eventually the shoe is going to drop, the proverbial shoe is going to drop and I'm kind of going to be found out. And and. You know, over all those years, because it, 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 it ran into my 40s before it changed, um, I, I, was a, I was a husband that didn't believe they were worthy of love. I was a, a father 
to our kids, Kendall and Mitch, that didn't believe that he was worthy of love. And, and I didn't know the way out of it. I, I actually didn't even know any different. Yeah, you're saying you didn't believe that they were worthy of love or you were worthy of, of their love in return for, for being that husband or being that father? Yeah, great, great question. No, I didn't believe I was worthy of love. So, okay. you know, imagine, you know, if, you're, if your mom or dad doesn't believe they're worthy of love, then mm-hmm. they can't give you love. Uh, I see. Because, you know, I didn't have it to give. Mm-hmm. And so that was really the, that was, that was the issue. But I didn't know any different because, you know, that's kind of the way I was raised. And so... So I found myself turning into an absent dad and um, and an absent father, and was working, you know, uh, eighty hours a week type thing in corporate America. Um, at its worst, it was back in the in the in the nineties, the late nineties, and I was working for the Coca Cola company and in their corporate marketing group, and I was working eighty, you know, plus hours a week and. I was traveling all over the world and uh, seeing all kinds of things, and and I was um, I was finding myself really lost, like my soul, like you know I don't know if you know the scripture verse, but you know where where it's you know what have you gained if you've gained the world but lost your soul, and that's exactly what had happened to me, and um, and in a couple of key things then then uh, occurred and and God really um, well he did more than intervene um, he shook me to the to the core and um, I'll, I'll tell one just quick story here before we get to that it, just to kind of paint the picture of how um, how lost I was um, I can remember I would I would um, I would work all week, and then on Saturdays I would love to go play golf, and that was kind of my passion in life. And and uh, our son Mitch was about four and a half when all this was happening, five years old, and um, and he, he he hated he hated when I went to play golf because he wanted to be with me because I was gone all the time. And, yeah. And um, and so my way of dealing with it was to to get up before he woke up and leave on Saturday mornings to go play golf. And I'll never forget one morning, he, I, I'm coming out of the garage door and, and there he, the little guy is there and he's got tears streaming down his face. And he literally pleaded with me to not go play golf and to, to spend time with him. And um, I was in such a place of not understanding what it meant to be a father, and, and and all rooted in this notion that, you know, that's the the life I was living is a life you lived when you when you don't believe you're loved. And so that morning, I I went and played golf. I I I, I walked past our son who was in tears, and and I was really lost. And um, and in meanwhile, I'm in corporate America. I've got a, you know, a, a, a wonderful job at Coca-Cola, and you know the world's would have looked at it and said, you know, you've got everything: country club memberships, cars, yeah, yeah, you know, beautiful home. But I I I, I was a I was a dead man walking. I mean, literally. And um, so in these, my understanding of uh, 
motivation has to do with either moving towards something or moving away from something. It, was, was there anything that you were chasing after or was it all moving away from this fear that you had of, of kind of being found out or yeah. was, was it a fear motivation or a motivation to, to get something and whatever it was that you were getting wasn't actually fulfilling? Yeah, it's the latter. And okay. so what, what, what was happening is, and you know, this was just God's sovereignty, but I didn't understand it at the time. Um, I, I, um, I was looking for something that I didn't have inside of me and I didn't know what it was, but I, so, you know, my way to deal with it was, was to climb into the American dream, you know, and to move up the corporate ladder. And so I thought I would find it out, out there somewhere. And, um, and I literally traveled the world over and I can remember I was flying back from Shanghai and I was, I was on the plane and it was like, there's got to be more than this. And I was done. It was like, I can't, whatever I'm searching for isn't there. I got high enough up inside of Coke that I saw the top levels and I saw that lifestyle and it was like, this, this isn't it. Hmm. But I was in that in-between place where my soul was really, really lost. And um, so, um, so what happened was, this was back in 2002, in January of 2002, a friend of mine invited me to go to a, a silent retreat. And um, I actually believed that Jesus was who he said he was, and I believed that God was who he said he was, but I didn't believe that I was worthy of anything in that. And so I got invited to the silent retreat, and most of my life, because I've been going to church and all that kind of stuff, I, I was just going through the motions. You know, so I'd go to church, and I'd go with Jody and my wife and, um, and our kids, but faking it, really. Yeah. If I'm really honest, you know. And um, so anyhow, this guy invites me to go on this silent retreat, and I didn't know what it was. But I had so much respect for the guy. He's uh, just a guy by the name of Dave Fitzgerald, an amazing man, just filled with integrity. And he said, I've been doing this for about 10 years, and why don't, uh, why don't you come join me? And it's like, I can get through a weekend, you know. I just respect the guy. So I went, and I found out, Evan, that, it was a four-day silent retreat <laughs> alone with God. And it was like checkmate. And I, I, to this day, so that was 18 years ago, just over 18 years ago, and I still, <laughs> I still find it difficult to express um, how powerful it was. What, what happened was, you know, I, I began to hear from God. I, 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 it came as thoughts initially, and then it came as overwhelming feelings. And these thoughts started pouring in around how much he loved me. And it was very personal. And, mm. and it was, for four days, it was wave after wave of this unrelenting um, conversation with God about how much he loved me. And I had never experienced anything like that before. I'd never heard anybody talk about it. I'd, I'd heard, at that point, hundreds of sermons, and I'd never, ever heard anybody describe the love that, that I was receiving. And I, I literally, I cried for four days. And like, snot 
kind of crying. I mean, I, 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 I just wept so hard, and this love just overcame me. Um, it overwhelmed me. It reminds me a little bit of the song "Loves Like a Hurricane," you know. Oh uh, yeah. And, um, yeah. And it was real. But the thing was, it's like I had, I wasn't seeking it. Um, I wasn't asking for it. God just did it. He yeah. brought me there, and um, and that's that's how everything changed in that moment because I came away from that, and it was. It you know, for the first time in my life, I'd heard the Bible stories. For the first time in my life, I understood how the, the disciples would have dropped their nets and followed Jesus. Because my response to that love was, was I wanted to give this life that he had given me to helping other people find his love. Not in the way I found it, but in the way yeah. that they would find it if they met him. If they met the living Jesus, you know, the yeah. one that the one that I ran into that <laughs> I mean, I got I got rocked. He yeah. took my heart out. So something I love about my conversations with you personally and, and some of my uh, favorite things about spiritual teachers that I'm influenced by is their ability to communicate this idea of love using stories and pictures, not just uh, telling you what it is, not just describing it, but telling a story yeah. that encapsulates it, right? And I think yeah. Jesus did a wonderful job of this, uh, yeah, maybe the sure. best job of this. Yes. Telling stories where people came in contact with this love that you're talking about, and there's a transformation that happens after that. Yeah. Going to uh, listen to somebody talk about this. Uh, I've, I've found in my life, and I think what I hear in your story, it doesn't always translate until you've experienced yeah. it. Yes. Um, and so do you have any, so instead of uh, saying what love is, do you have yeah. any pictures you could paint? This is something I, I, I love that you do. Pictures you could paint for us of what God's love is, uh, but not just trying to describe it. Yeah, yeah, through stories. Yeah, yeah. Saying, yeah, yeah, or or experiences, wherever you want to take it. I, yeah. I just love uh, the idea of communicating these ideas, not just using descriptive words, but yeah. but through stories or experiences. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are days worth of days and days and days worth of stories, and um, but I'll just I'll pick a couple of them. Um, I think on a, you know, after after that experience took place, and and I had a number of experiences within that, within that weekend, but it became a discipline for me. So I, you know, I was like, I'm going to do this again, and I've been, I've been doing silent retreats for you know 18 years now, um, every year, and you know, multiple times a year, and. When do you think, sorry, I'm going to interrupt with this mm -hmm. question. When do you think the last time you were silent before this first silent retreat, silent retreat your friend brought you on? Like intentionally quieted everything down? Never. You know, I, never. I really, you know, I'd heard things about, 
you know, quotes like Mother Teresa's quote around, you know, in the stillness of the heart, God speaks. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd read the, some of the scripture verses, but but I'd never experienced it. And, and it was through the experience that it became real. And, and, and if, you know, as, as we're having this conversation and, you know, we're all listening in on this is, is what's far more important than talking about it is experiencing it because you can't explain to your point something that is supernatural in nature that's beyond our understanding from an experience standpoint until you experience it and we can try to put words to it but until i mean i you can when you have an encounter with god and when you enter into the presence of god the human language cannot describe it it's beyond that description and and even as i've tried to explain what happened to me that weekend i all these years later, I still don't have the words for the beauty of what I ran into. Yeah, yeah. When you say phrases like enter into the presence of God, uh, initially what comes to mind, and this is just maybe my my background or, or biases, I think that there's God's presence exists some places and not other places. Is that what you're saying? Well, actually... And I wouldn't have been able to say this all those years ago as I first began to experience it. The process of learning how to get quiet with God mm-hmm. and learning how to still your mind, because most of us, and myself included, my mind will race. And there's so much stimulus that we run into. But how, like, how do you calm your mind? Mm-hmm. You know, and how do you allow allow your heart to hear? And it it is a process, and it it um, it. It needs to be experienced to understand it. It needs to be experienced to trust it because, yeah, yeah. you know, the um, entering into quiet and stillness to hear from God is just something that we're, we're not taught. Um, right. it, most of us don't experience it, and our culture certainly doesn't, you know. Value it, Even value sure. it, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yet in it, <laughs> we experience and, and hear from the creator of the universe, mm-hmm. whose wisdom goes beyond anything we could ever find for ourselves in in anything or from anybody. And um, I can remember I was uh, I was at one of these silent retreats, and I was um, just in a really really good place, and I felt really connected to God. and And He asked me a question. When God asks you questions, it's it's not like he doesn't know the answer, you know? So he asked me this question and he said, you know, Larry, are you cherishing my beautiful Jody? That's what he calls my wife, beautiful Jody. And the question just went right in. I mean, it penetrated my heart. And, you know, I we talk about loving our wives, loving our kids, but I had never considered what is it? I didn't even know what it meant to cherish her. And... Um, and after 20, 30 minutes of back and forth with, with God in that, it was I just came to this place of surrender in tears again and said, I, I don't know how to cherish her. And um, as, as clearly as you and I are sitting here right now, I heard him say, I know you don't, but I do. And will you let me teach you? Will you let me show you? 
And I said, yes. And, um, and he began to give me his eyes and his heart for Jody so that I could begin to cherish her in ways that I hadn't before. It was really, really powerful. And that's the sort of thing that you're not going to get necessarily by reading a book or listening to a podcast like this, because it'll be different. You know, the story that every one of us that's listening will be different than that. Right. And it'll be unique um, for you. And so, so it is a, definitely is a, is a process. And, um, you know, we hope through even this podcast, because, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time in, in the days ahead with these, um, inviting people into his presence through things like uh, guided prayers. And yeah. so that we move beyond talking and, and move into a place where people can really experience this with their hearts and to practice and to grow in this. So, yeah. yeah, I love the words practice. Uh, having played sports growing up has a, a positive connotation to me. I know not everybody has a positive association with that word, yeah. uh, but it invokes uh, a little bit of effort, but also there's a purpose behind it, right? And so there's this this idea of practicing uh I was going to say practicing the presence of God. That's a, yeah. a popular book on the subject, yeah. but um, yeah, that's that's a, a cool way to look at it and and think of engaging with something like a guided prayer or really focusing our attention on God in the midst of any place or or wherever you're sitting or or not sitting standing right now listening to this. Yeah. I think there's always an invitation out there. Uh, would you speak to that? Is there, it, what does that invitation look like for you? It was this friend of yours asking you to go on a silent retreat. Uh, are there any definitions of that invitation, or can that invitation be described uh, in words, or is it more of an experience? That's a really good question. I've really never, <clears throat> never really thought about that. Um, I'll say this, and then maybe, maybe we can move in that and to explore that together a little bit. Okay. Uh, there's a worship leader. His name is uh, Jason Upton. Some people may be familiar with that name. And uh, he, he said it or says it this way. And I, I think this is so simple and yet so profound. He said, um, it's not a matter at any moment of our entire life, wherever we're at, it's not a matter of whether God is present. He is always present. It's like King David, you know, in Psalm uh, 139, where he says, where can I go where God is not? So even as we're sitting here right now talking, even as we're, we're, we're listening to this right now, yeah, he's present. It's not a matter of whether he is present with us. It's only whether we're aware of it. Mm-hmm. So no matter where we are, at any point in our entire life that we live, he is always present. It's only only whether our hearts and our minds and even our souls are aware of his presence. And it's the turning to that. It's the helping one another turn into that awareness that is the that is 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 really what this is about. And the invitation from God is never ceasing. You know, so a word picture is almost, you know, this comes out of Revelation, but it's almost as though Jesus in our lives, every moment of our lives, is standing there knocking on our hearts, literally. 
like you can almost picture that as we're sitting here right now. It's just like he is, he's knocking on the door into our hearts and is simply asking, will you, will you let me in? And for, for many reasons in our lives, typically it's we're so busy, we're not aware that he's knocking. Mm-hmm. You know, we never go there. And, um, and that's really the heart of what, what we're doing within this ministry of his is, is helping people discover that that invitation is, is before them at any moment, at any time. Yeah. How do you do, how do you, so I, first of all, I love the idea that there's a, just a never-ending, kind of infinite invitation. I think yeah. that answers the question of what is the invitation? It's always there, uh, whether it was your friend asking you or all of the invitations yeah. leading up to that. It's, it's turning our awareness to God in and through us and all around us. Yeah. Um, this picture of, of Jesus knocking, I, I've heard often as a child, and I've had uh, ups and downs in my spiritual journey. And whenever I think of this one, I feel guilty sometimes. That, like, I almost see, and I'm, this may just be me, and if so, totally, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. But I'd love to hear your response to it. Yeah, please. So... I almost see like this sad puppy outside the mm. door, like thinking like, come, come play with me. Like you're n- neglecting me mm. in some sort of a way. And my current understanding is that's not the Jesus that, that I know and that I interact with. There's, there's no sad puppiness, uh, neglect, guilt, uh, shame associated with this knocking. Uh, yeah. Would you, and, and that's my perspective, would you just speak to that experience? If yeah. people are picturing this Jesus knocking at the door and feeling any sort of guilt associated with yeah. not opening it or not yeah. coming to it, what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, that's, I love, I love that, Evan, because it is, it is never an invitation of guilt or shame or, um, you know, any, any kind of condemnation. It's an invitation of love. And it is, uh, you know, you know, one way to think about it is, you know, if you if you think about people in your life that you love dearly, and you want to spend more time with them, but they're too busy for you, you know, kind of like the Cats in the Cradle song a few years back. That's how he is with us. But he he's unrelenting. I mean, he's his patience is is eternal. And it's like the story of the prodigal father, for those of us that know that story. It's a beautiful one. Yeah, and so the son, you know, squanders, takes his inheritance, squanders everything, kind of like our lives, kind of like the story I was telling about myself. Yeah. And all, we, all he did was turn back to his father's house, and his father came running across the field. And... We can turn away from him. I mean, this is one of the extraordinary things about God. We can turn away from him time after time after time, year after year after year, and every time we turn back to him, he comes running. Every time. So it is not the sad puppy. I just, I, I'm so with you on that. I think that's the thing that's so extraordinary about him is like we don't, yeah. we don't treat ourselves or others like that, and yet he is... That's just, who, it's who he is. Totally. So uh, I'm trying to think of like a, a, a different, for anybody that, that, that relates to that feeling of like somebody knocking and making yeah. you feel a little guilty. 
I almost want to picture a party going on on the other side of the door. Yeah, that's and cool. And you can join the party, yeah. or you can stay on this side of the party, and, and yeah. you can be where you are, yeah. but you can always open the door and, like, go celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and people are going to be celebrating or or enjoying this space of awareness, yeah. uh, whether you're there or not, and you're always welcome to yeah. it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a con... It's, it, yeah, it really is true. I can remember one time I had gone. So we're, you know, our ministry is about uh, inviting people into His presence and into His love. And and I got so busy with the ministry this a few years ago that I hadn't had a quiet time. And I'm, I'm just being straight here. Yeah, it was yeah. like three months, which is I look back on it now. I was like, what was I doing, you know? And and I finally got to the point where it was like, Lord, I think I'm kind of a, I'm almost afraid to come back because of what you might have to say. And so there was this place I used to go to a lot just to go spend an hour or two out in nature. And um, I drive the car up and I'm like, I don't know what, I'm opening the door, but I don't know what's going to be on the other side. And I wasn't thinking there was a party on the other side. (laughs) Yeah. And I literally get out of the car and I take about four steps and I hear him say, I'm so glad you're here. Hmm. And I fell to my knees and cried. And and that's the, like, like I'm so glad you're here. And every time we open the door, it's, that's the heart on the other side of the door. And, and sometimes it is a party. A lot of times it's a party. It's a lot of, it's, it's more fun than we could, he's more fun than we could ever, ever, ever imagine. Lots of stories around that. So. Right, right. Yeah, uh. It would be it would be a fun. I'm thinking of a a fun practice for myself. Would be, what's on the other side of the door, yeah. and and open it and kind of see what's what's there, uh, and on different days, yeah, uh, and see what I'm I'm met with. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna uh, include that into these little yeah. times of of focusing. So I, I I attempt to bring my awareness back to this place throughout the day and I realize that it dissolves if you will there's like this slow dissipation of awareness that happens not intentionally uh, so you can go through three months even of not intent it's like a slow dissipation of awareness yeah. mm-hmm. and building in practices like we're talking about guided prayers have been uh, transformational in my life times of meditation and silence and quieting the mind and focusing attention um, have been great. And so I, I, this is one that I want to include in there now. It's like, yeah. all right, there's this door. It almost gamifies practicing uh, prayer a little bit yeah, to where it's like, I'm sure. going to open the door and see what see what I'm being met with. Yeah, That's I fun. love it. I love yeah, it. I for love sure. it. Yeah. Um, okay, so you mentioned CloudWalk a couple times in there and, and this journey leading up to CloudWalk. And I think you even said what CloudWalk exists to do a couple times in there. But yeah. could, we talk, could we focus some attention specifically on... CloudWalk, uh, how long it's been around, just kind of some foundation details to this ministry that you and your family are a part of, hey. <clears throat> and uh, what the purpose is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so so really the beginning of it was back on that weekend that I described where I, I encountered the the hurricane of God's love. And, um, and what, what happened was as I mentioned, I, my only response, I mean, it was, 
it was it was it was a response to say, Lord, I want I want to give you my life and helping others find you. The real you, the living you, not not the not the God that man has made up, or the Jesus or our Heavenly Father that man has made up, but the living God that loves like as fiercely as you did that I came came in direct contact with. And so so early on in the ministry, we started up in, in uh, 2003. So it's been, you know, 17 years that we're doing this. And, and our heart is behind all of it is, is really simply this, Evan, is that we, we just want people to meet the real Jesus. Him our real heavenly father the real holy spirit and and the purpose of the of the the whole purpose of the ministry is helping people fall in love with god and what we've been learning over all these years is that you can't fall in love with somebody that you don't have a personal interaction with you can't find yourself in an intimate relationship we know this from the relationships in our own life is that you can't fall in love with somebody you don't hear from. And, and you know, so many, myself included, but leading up until that point where, where that happened, I had learned a lot about God. And I was around a lot of people that knew a lot and a lot more about God than I did. What I didn't know were very many people that knew him. Like knew him through the through the experience of being with him yeah. and hearing from him and um, seeing him and seeing his wonders. And, uh, and so, so what happened was we just began to create environments, all different kinds of environments from, you know, small group journeys to silent retreats to, you know, different retreat type weekends to just a multitude of things where we would create in environments that were safe for people to practice, beginning to learn how to hear from him and experience him and walk with him. The, the, the name cloud walk, all, all it means is a walk with God. That's what that means. And he's real and he's living. And many of us, most of us, don't know that it's even possible. We talk about being in like a personal relationship with Jesus, but it's in our it's in our minds, really. Mm -hmm. And even the scripture verses are up here, but we don't realize that it's actually possible. And what we've been discovering over the years is that this God of ours, he is so beyond beautiful. He is so beyond what we can imagine he is in his grace and his love and his forgiveness and his joy and his laughter everything about him is so far beyond but the only way you can come to know that is if you come to know him and it's not we can't read about it and understand it we, that helps but we have to meet and, and, and come to know and ultimately come to fall in love with him to live the life that he's always had for us. He is so much more 
than we understand. And um, I, our passion is to invite people into that, and that's it. Like, there's no other motive of our heart. It's like, do you know how beautiful he is? Come, come, open the door. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, love that. And uh, you're joining in the invitation, right? You're accepting and yeah. in, in extending almost this simultaneous invitation of love. Um, and I I think the spaces... So I've been a part of uh, one of the spaces, and I know you're working on another space that I've yeah. read about. Yeah. Uh, would love to go at some point. This, this idea of finding God in these still silent places, mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe a little inspired by your experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just seeing other people in those experiences and the transformation that happens whenever we focus our attention. Can you talk about nature? You mentioned getting out of the car to go out into the woods. What is your relationship to nature? Well, this would be intriguing. I'm just intrigued by this. What was your relationship to nature before that experience and after that experience? Well, the the before is, you know, having traveled all over the world, I've seen a lot of really stunning stunning places Mm -hmm. but i saw them as stunning places and uh, what i had what i didn't realize is that there was something even more beautiful than these stunning places that created these places and i mean just to take that you know if you know think of the most beautiful imagine the most beautiful place you've ever been in in your life you know it could be a beach could be you know the mountains or wherever that is because it's different for all of us but if you imagine the most beautiful place that you've ever been or seen and to think that the creator of that is even more beautiful and and that's hard to imagine yeah i think it's it's impossible (laughs) a little bit uh, to a degree to imagine something uh, that we haven't experienced ourselves or or seen with our experience with our senses yeah a little bit and one of the things and I think I think everybody can relate to this if you ever come across a, a stunningly beautiful place wherever that's been in your life it it beauty will arrest us mm-hmm like when we when we encounter beauty it transcends our mind's ability to to take in or understand. We're we're almost overwhelmed, and 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 it's an experience of the heart and even the soul when we when we are in beauty that we can't describe. And that is a glimpse of what it's like to find him. And 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 that's why the practice of of silence and of stilling our mind is so important because our mind will actually keep us from from an experience of God. You know, if you if you mm. if you were in a in a beautiful setting and if all you did was process it with your mind, you yeah. would not take in the entire experience. And our mind is a. I once heard it quoted: "Our mind uh, is a is a um, how do the expression go? Our, our mind is a." is uh, a, a beautiful gift, but a horrible master. You know, meaning that our, our mind has been given us by God to understand his thoughts. We think our mind has given us to create and to, to do whatever, to initiate, to 
And there's some truth to that, but what's far more important is a mind that's been given us to understand the mind of Christ. And um, so that's got to get stilled, you know, for us to really... And there, you know, in the days ahead, as we do these podcasts, we'll be talking about lots of different ways to do it and explaining yeah. how to hear from God. And Totally. I'm really excited about one uh, beautiful picture in particular to talk with you about. I'm about to have my first baby, or my wife is about to have her first baby with me. Uh, and as you were painting these pictures of beauty, that was just mm-hmm. what came to my mind is yeah. picture holding, I can't imagine it, uh, yeah. holding this beautiful creation in my arms it's not something that i've experienced yet or or know how to how to put into words what that is going to feel like what it's going to look like uh but i'm really looking forward to it and so i i think i'm trying to relate that in such a way where we can't use word you you can sit here and tell me about having kids all you want uh and then you can invite me into experiencing it and our conversations after are going to look much different as well yeah. ab- about that particular experience. Yeah. Um, so with this podcast, I, I think we're inviting people into this experience with us uh, as we talk about things that have to do with spirituality and focusing our attention uh, on this inescapable love of God that yeah. is infinitely drawing us nearer and nearer uh, that we can't get away from. We can't explain it away. We can't yeah. explain it here either. Yeah. Uh, we can't do the opposite of it, explaining it away. Um, but anyway, so those, uh, those are just all the thoughts going through my head as you were talking. Uh, I love it. I love <laughs> uh, it. And yeah. I'm 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 looking forward to to more of these and and the time and space to, to explore together. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, it's almost, I had this thought, it was like this journey, Evan, you and I are going to be going on together with everybody, you know, this, this community, is that we're just, we're kind of going on a long walk together, you know, and, and, and it is a, it is a process and um, it is a journey. And the one thing I think I'd say is we're just getting started in all of this is, is, you know, for everybody just to be patient with yourself and, you know, we're so used to having to try to figure out how to do something, you know, and, and I'm sure there are lots of people listening or it's like, I want to hear from God, but I don't, you know, like, how do you do that? And almost like the harder you try, the, you know, the less it happens. And, and you know, it's like, it's okay, just chill here as we go on this journey, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and even just <laughs> a prayer of, of just if, if you can ask just from your heart to, to his heart, the most powerful thing we can do is say, God, I... You know, I hear all these things and, you know, I hear these stories and I hear stories in other people's lives and I just haven't experienced it. And, um, or maybe I have, but it's been a long time or whatever it might be. And just just that you, you can pray. We can each pray. It's like, God, I don't know how to do this, but I want this. You know, I, I want to, to come to find who you really are. I, I, I want to, I'm so grateful for what man has taught me about you, or woman's taught me about you, but I want to go beyond that. I want, I want to, I want to hear from you. I want to come to know you from you yourself. But I don't know how to do that. And we can pray that. We can just say, God, show me how to do this, because I don't know how to do this. And then we'll we'll let the the one that created the universe and the one that raised his son from the dead teach us 
how to how to experience him. Yeah. You know, does that make yeah. sense? I yeah. mean, it's like, I mean, just, it, it just doesn't, ask. it doesn't, but that's the, yeah. I think it's a beautiful mystery of it all. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I love the, the long walk. Yeah. Uh, and because, well, for a lot of, uh, it's, it's just yeah. a, a great picture of, of this journey, yeah. starting something and, and inviting people into something that we're experiencing, uh, maybe would be another way to put it as well. Yeah. For so, sure. This uh, last part we may keep and we may not, depending on what we're doing with this. The name Thin Space. Uh, Jody mentioned this, uh, and I would rather I would I would like to get some thoughts on it with this first episode if we continue sure. to use that. Sure. Could you talk about this idea of thin space a little bit? Yeah. Well, the the whole notion of thin space, uh, in a mig. It may precede this, but it goes all the way back to the Celtics. And they would describe these holy, sacred places as thin spaces and, and thin places. And the, what, they were, what they were saying there was that it, these special, special sacred places where you feel closer to God, where you sense his presence. And, I, you know, I think many of us in life have, have run into that. And sometimes it will surprise us, and uh, it's it's almost it's almost the way to describe it is where the, the it's such a thin space that heaven is actually touching earth there. That God, that the Holy Spirit, is touching us in these in these thin spaces or places, and in their environments of. A lot of times it'll involve worship or prayer or stillness or beauty or um, y- you will you will encounter it when you hold your baby here and you will feel a closeness to, to God that is divine. Yeah. Um, so, but we can. What we're learning is that is that we can actually create environments that are thin spaces. Uh, through a heart of of seeking Him together, um, spaces that are safe, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and where He just meets us, safe places that are where we quiet our minds, and and so it, it, we can create thin spaces. He's the one that's creating them. We're right, just turning right. our attention to Him, and then there's there's sacred holy places that are thin spaces, and you know, a lot of times those those that we're familiar with would be some of us anyhow would be like a monastery or that sort of thing and yeah but they're places that are prayed over sometimes you know they're chapels that we've been to that are you know just where you know a hundred years of prayer has been poured into these places and they are over the years of of being held apart as set apart for god they become those Thin, thin spaces, yeah. Yeah, I really like uh, a little bit of the history behind that, with the, the Celtics calling these places where I almost picture myself with my feet on the ground with my head kind of in heaven and, mm, and that's cool. like experiencing both simultaneously yeah. in this space we call life. Yeah. Or, or, and the idea of, of knowing that some of them are 
intentional spaces. So you kind of mentioned a few different types of thin spaces, mm -hmm. and maybe this is something we'll continue to talk about. Holding my baby is one that I like. I know is coming up. Yeah. And there's a thin space that I'm almost I'm anticipating a thin space. Yeah. There are thin spaces that happen to us where we are silent for three days based on an invitation from a friend yeah. and you there's no expecting this thin space, this this connection. Um, and then I think there's turning our attention, learning to turn our attention to thin spaces. We maybe can create these environments, uh, I think what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So these, these are the three I can kind of think of that would be fun to explore. Ones that you kind of anticipate, know that are coming. Ones that you're invited to and unexpectedly encounter. And then ones that you can create for yourself. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's... Yes. It makes me really excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Okay, so thin space. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Thin Space Podcast. There are several ways to join us on this journey. One is to continue listening as you just did to the podcast episodes. Another more in-depth way is to follow along on Instagram and Facebook where we'll be posting practices and thoughts on the episodes as they are released. Just search at Cloudwalk Ministries on either platform. This podcast is made possible because of generous donors. If you would like to support the work of the Thin Space podcast, you can do so by going to cloudwalk.org and clicking on Give. Peace be with you.